Hello, this is Keith Mitnick again with another of my Brush Strokes podcast. This time I want to talk to you about another revelation that I had during COVID. You know, COVID has been terrible for so many reasons, but we all know there have been some silver linings. And one of them is um, early in the process when there weren't a lot of trials. Uh, I had a lot of time to really, really meditate on some of the bigger issues we face over and over and try and come up with even better strategies of how how to overcome them. And this was one of them. Um, We all know one of the hardest things to do during a trial and jury selection in particular is to convey just how difficult it is for jurors who believe the burden of proof ought to be black and white certainty. And if there's any doubt in it, they tend to think, I ain't giving you a bunch of money. I'm not fighting against these people for hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars when there's a doubt in my mind. I'm not even sure you're right. There are folks that feel that way. There are others that say, listen, I'm perfectly fine with this lighter burden of what, what is more likely right than wrong the tilting of the scales, they're okay with it, but others really aren't. They just don't believe in it. They think it ought to be more like a criminal standard. And the problem is, during jury selection, it is just so easy for folks to kind of fool themselves into believing, all right, if that's the burden, if that's the standard, I'm all right, it's the law, I'm the law-abiding citizen, I'll apply it. Because it's hard for them to understand just how hard it is to then back that promise up. There's no, you know, there's some people making it up to sit on your case like that 30-year claims adjuster. Um, They tell you, oh, no problem, because they're salivating to tank your case. But most people are really trying to honor the system and tell the truth. They just don't understand how difficult it is not to end up raising the burden once jury selection's over and the case goes on, they end up deliberating when their personal beliefs are it really ought to be more. It's just, it's so hard not to have that happen. And the truth is it's so hard, you're probably not going to stop it from happening. So there's really one answer. You got to establish cause challenges on it so those folks are removed and don't decide your case. Let them go down the hall and be on a criminal case. They can be fantastic where they're supposed to and allowed to and will apply beyond a reasonable doubt standard they're great people good human beings honest people they just shouldn't be deciding your case if they're going to struggle mightily with something that may be asking too much which is to hold the burden down lower than they're comfortable with so the the only way to protect yourself from it isn't to try to come up with a way that those folks sit on your case but don't raise the burden Maybe you can pull it off, but I don't. not likely. It's to make sure that those folks have the out to go on an honor system to a different trial where they don't have to struggle with what's probably overwhelming. But how do you get there? How do you get that cause challenge when it's so easy for a juror to say, oh, I, sure, I can apply the law if that's the law. Well, you got to teach them in a way they can understand it and get it. And that's what this revelation that I got during COVID I want to share with you because I've now used it because I've now had as of as of um, 
I'm coming up on my 12th trial in the time of COVID because things had picked up in the last year or so. So in any event, let me tell you about this one. And I call it the rising tide. And here's why. I was out walking on the beach. I'm fortunate enough to be over on the Atlantic Ocean in a place called Ponce Inlet, South Daytona, way, way South Daytona. And I'm out walking on the beach during COVID. And I'm in deep thought. I tend to pray on the way down to the uh, jetty where the inlet is. And on the way back, I'm problem solving and working things in cases or, or in general. And I was on my way back. And I was thinking about something unrelated to this issue. And I like walking close to the water. It's just, you know, just invigorating. So I'm close to the water, but I got on tennis shoes. I don't want to get my damn shoes wet. And I was so deep in thought, and I'm close enough to where the waves are trickling out and ending, that suddenly it was, it was the tide was on its way up. And I damn near got my tennis shoes wet. So I sidestepped about a foot up, and uh, then got back in deep thought and walking. And damn if the tide didn't come up again, because I was a good ways from my house. And at this time, it got my tennis shoe and my sock soaking wet. And now I got a long walk with one wet shoe. But I was it's the happiest wet shoe you could ever imagine. I went home sloshing with a grin on my face. Because all of a sudden, I thought, there it is. A rising tide is impossible to stop. And everyone knows the imagery. Even if you live in Oklahoma and they're in the beach in sight, most people have been to them. And if they haven't been to them, they damn sure seen the pictures. And damn near everybody's had some class where they learned about the moon and tides. So it's not some foreign concept. It's very easy to grasp. So here is how... I use that now in jury selection. I explain the difference between a criminal case and a civil case. In a criminal case where someone is going to jail, their civil liberties taken, and we have a near black and white certainty standard in that situation. You have to prove it beyond a reasonable doubt, meaning if you were to sit on a case and listen to the case, and it was a criminal case, and you thought that person did it, almost sure they did it. But I got a little bit of a doubt in my mind, and that doubt's reasonable. I would have to say, if I followed the law, not guilty. And watch that person you're convinced was guilty walk out of the courtroom on your verdict because you had a little doubt and it was reasonable. But this isn't a criminal case. They, people call that creating doubt creates an out. Well, creating out does not create an out. We've all seen on TV in that setting in the criminal case, they throw up anything to see what sticks, call in expert witnesses to say whatever, anything to create that little bit of reasonable doubt so that their person who may very well be guilty gets away with it. Well, this isn't a criminal case. This is a civil case. The burden is much lighter. It's actually much more manageable for a jury because you get to use your common sense and say, what's more likely right than wrong? Now, here's the problem I get concerned about, though, folks. That may sound good on paper, but a lot of folks will say, if you're talking about a lot of money in a personal injury lawsuit, a lot of money for injuries. In fact, you, you said you're going to be talking about millions of dollars. Then a lot of folks will say, I just don't think that's enough. I think it ought to be closer to that beyond a reasonable doubt in this kind of case, particularly if you're asking for a lot of money. And that's just how I believe. Well, 
folks can be asked, but can you follow the law? If the law is this lighter burden of just greater weight of the evidence or, or what's more likely right than wrong, can you follow the law? And most people's immediate reaction is kind of a knee-jerk reaction. Sure, I'm going to follow the law. It's your law-abiding citizens. But I want to give you a little something to think about before I do that. Because here's the problem. You can say, yes, I'll put my feelings aside and apply that to right now and absolutely 100% mean it from your heart of hearts. But it can be easier said than done as time goes on during the trial and you get back in deliberations and you've got a deep-seated belief that's just not enough. And you can unintentionally not even realize you're doing it. Start raising the burden up because there's all this conflicting conclusions out there people are arguing for and suddenly that burden starts inching up unintentionally and you know what we don't have we do not have electrodes on all your heads in a light a red light out here that suddenly goes whoop 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 someone's raising the burden it doesn't work like that it can be asking too much of you to maintain it all the way through when it's contrary to your beliefs you know what it's like it's like a rising tide. Anyone's ever walked on a beach or seen pictures of a beach, understand that there's a low tide and a high tide. And when the tide's coming up from low to high, it just keeps creeping up. And no matter how hard you want to stop it, try to stop it, you can't stop a rising tide. It's just coming. It's just a matter of nature. Does everybody understand what I'm getting at? Good, because my concern is just from spending a lot of time in courtrooms and knowing the reality is a lot of good, honest people can say, I, I can follow the law because no one's asked them and put it in the context to give them a chance to really think through what that will mean, not this moment, but every moment of every day of trial all the way through deliberation and verdict because it can be so overwhelmingly hard no matter how well-intentioned people are. So with that in mind, ma'am, you raise your hand as thinking really the burden ought to be higher. Yes. Is there a chance in spite of your very, very best effort that unintentionally you may end up starting to raise the bar simply because that's what you believe in your heart of hearts it ought to be? And a rising tide is so hard to stop. And for this, this is going to be like a rising tide for you. And it may be at least. There's a realistic chance of it. Would that be fair to say? And if not, tell me. That'd be fair to say. Okay, and I don't want to put words in your mouth. Tell me if I'm wrong. But is that your best honest answer? Yes, it is. That's your truth. Yes. How many of the rest do you feel like that? Well, I promise you that imagery has helped a lot. And I get more people go, you know what? I really think it ought to be a lot more. And I really don't want to violate the law. And I really will do my best. But it may, I may end up unintentionally doing that. And I think I really ought to tell you that. In all honesty, maybe this isn't the right case. Maybe I ought to be down the hall doing a criminal case. Now, I've got a cause challenge that's valid. I've respected the jurors that deserve the respect, but they've respected the process. And you know what at the end of the, we get is respect for the end result, which is a fair and just verdict based on the law. So thank you. And if you enjoyed this, I wanted to just tell you there's, there's so much more of this that I have in my two books, Don't Eat the Bruises and Deeper Cuts. And honestly, if, if you think, well, the new one, which is Deeper Cuts, I'll get that. I don't want the old one. 
it isn't like that. It's, they go hand in hand. I consider the first book, Deep, uh, Don't Eat the Bruises, to be like the mainframe on a computer. And I consider this new one, Deeper Cuts, to be like the updating an app. You plug it in and it purrs, it runs smoother, better, and there's a bunch of great new stuff. But the mainframe isn't to be skipped. And honestly, this is a snippet of it. And I always feel like I don't have enough time to talk about all the things I want to talk about. And it gives me peace of mind to know if someone wants to access it, I've laid it all out for you. Every, all my good stuff is in those two books. If you want them, go to Trial Guides. Uh, that's the place with the best price. Go to Trial Guides. They're both available. And I look forward to next time.